Welcome to the She Who Wins podcast. I'm your host, Renee Bauer. I'm an attorney, entrepreneur, author, speaker, and investor. This is the place where we dive into all of the things that matter to you and most importantly, uncover what's holding you back from realizing your dreams. Because she who moves forward fiercely is she who wins. Here we are with a dear friend of mine. I'm so excited to have Alicia back on the podcast. You may be the only person I've had on twice so far. What? No way. Really? Oh, I feel so special right now. Uh I know. I know. I I actually remember having this interview. Oh, I remember our interview. And I remember saying that you were one of my favorites. And it was around, you know, an interview of of someone who was kind of a, a name. And I remember saying to you, I loved our conversation because it was so authentic. And since then, we have hung out in person a couple yes, times. I know. And uh, such good stuff. So we're going to have a great conversation today about being creative, about exposing our soul, about being truth tellers through our work and all of the scariness that goes along with that. So let me just start by saying, Alicia, introduce yourself to all of my listeners. Okay. So hi, I'm Alicia and I am the proud only guest um, that's been <laughs> repeated on Renee's show. Um Renee and I got to know each other through her divorce group, but I love that we have actually done what the internet is beautiful for. So, you know, I have a love-hate relationship with it, but I know you do too. But we have taken a, you know, a networking friendship that was over the internet and turned it into an actual friendship. And um, I am a mom of three boys. I am divorced. I um, have written a book. And I'm chasing that dream that you yourself um, have just done. And um, yeah, I'm in marketing. I, don't, I do so many things. Like, I don't even know how to introduce myself properly, really. I know, right? I hate when someone's yeah. like, what do you do? I'm like, I'm well, everything. Uh, uh, on what day? <laughs> what hour exactly. are we talking What time about? is it? Like, <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. Then let's talk about, because yay, you wrote a book. This is so yeah. exciting. Um, and that, that process. Now, I know what your book is about. I know it is extremely truthful and vulnerable. And did you get, were you ever at a point where you're like, I cannot write this. I cannot put this out in the world because I'm going to open myself up for criticism. And I feel that like, I'm terrified of reading reviews of my book. Oh, I'm terrified. So oh, but, but you know, you just yeah. know that there's going to be yeah. people who don't agree with what you're saying or, or whatever it is, but it's like, you pour your heart and soul into something. You didn't have it ghostwritten. So it was like, you know, yeah. if, cause people who have it ghostwritten, like, what do they care if someone doesn't like it? They're like, I didn't write it. They're like, I didn't write it. It's not me. <laughs> they, it's yeah, not they, they instantly have someone else to like shift the blame on yeah. you know? Yeah. They yeah, don't have to take ownership. Heart. Yeah. So how did, how did you, how did you, why don't you share what your book is about and yeah. like, how did you get to that place where you're like, I'm at that place in my life where I'm ready to speak this truth. Yeah. You know, it's funny. So I wrote the book and I wrote the book last fall. I wrote it in like two and a half months. Like I, it just came out and it really was honestly, even if it at the time I thought, you know, even if this never sees the light of day, this was therapeutic for me. It's something I needed to do for myself. But when I wrote it, I really didn't 
know, I wasn't ready to get honest about what it was about. And it wasn't really until I started sending it to publishers and getting into that whole process that I had to get really honest with myself about what the book is about. And it is about um, healing from being a cheater. It is about healing from my own infidelity and the really deep, deep places I had to go within myself to figure out why I did that and to release the shame that is, ooh, it is thick. And, um, and it's, it's written as a way to help others who have experienced something similar or who struggle with self-worth or, um, shame, which I think a lot of people do. And it's, it's meant to be a guide, um, an inspiration and really a resource. There is no resource out there for people who have cheated and then are trying to figure out why, so they don't do it again. Like there, there's no resources. You're just pigeonholed into that's who you are. Um, instead of that's something you did and something you can heal from and make different choices. So, so that's what the book is about. Um, I think you asked if there was a point where I wasn't sure whether I could like do it and there, there, I can think of a distinct day where I wrote a chapter that is so vulnerable that I had never even felt comfortable writing about it in my own journal. Like I had never told anyone about these things. I had never felt safe, even like writing it for myself to read. I didn't even want to admit those things to myself. And I put it in my book. And the next day I was like, I don't think I could do this. Like I, yeah. like I wanted to th- like delete the whole thing and just be like, you know what? We don't have to do this. It's okay. Like, yeah. And, um, so yeah. And obviously I've pushed through and like, here we are, but I don't know. Did you experience something similar in writing yours? I, well, I did. So when I, when I got the book deal, the book that originally sold, you, you attach for anyone who doesn't know, you submit a book proposal and you attach um, a couple sample chapters. And I had the sample chapters. I opened them up. I hadn't looked at them in months because I <laughs> had months of rejections and I looked at them and I was trying to pick up. I'm like, all right, I already have three chapters written chapter four. And I kept going back. I'm like, these feel so not, not where I want to be. And they were so surface. Yeah. And I knew that I, you know, and I texted my agent at the time and I was like, can I trash those three chapters and start over? And, you know, That's do awesome. I, do I have to get permission to do this? Do I need to be like, Hey, I know you bought this based on this, but can I do something else? And she's like, yeah, go ahead because you're, you'll just submit, you'll submit it. And they're going to, you know, maybe not even look back and know that you, you didn't right. yeah. you got rid of them. But, yeah. and it was, I knew that, you know, at the time that I wrote that proposal, I knew, yeah, I wrote a different book. I was in a different place and yeah. where I was, when I sat down to write this, I was in a very different place emotionally. And like, I had still gone through my healing journey and I was still on it and I was still more willing to speak openly. And so things came out that I thought that were healed. And I knew that I needed to really like crack all of those wounds open in order to write most authentically and bringing up things, bringing up, you know, my parents, bringing up childhood things that I thought that were, you know, forgotten. And apparently they weren't. And I hold, you know, I've been holding on to them and like stories that came up that I'm like surprised that I even still remember them. And I'm like, oh, I'm like, clearly like that has impacted me in some way because here it is, you know, coming out of me. It's, it's like, it's hard stuff though, because like with your book, when you publish it, because it's a win, 
Yeah. You know that the feedback is is going to be completely divided. Oh, absolutely. It's polarizing. Yeah. 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 And, and that's, it is, it's scary, but it's like, I don't know. I think that that's when you go, when you're called to do something, you're called to yeah. do something. And like, when you follow that call, like I believe anyway, that, that only good really ultimately comes from it. And, and so I just keep yeah. like leaning and trusting that. And, um, and I know that everything I put in there is true. Um, and so I, I often think this, like, I don't know, maybe it's just like the rebellious part of me, but it's like, why am I so scared of yeah. just telling the fucking truth? Mm. Like, it's just the truth. Yeah. Like, isn't that what we're told from kids? Like, like the rules, right? Like yeah. you talk about in your book, like yeah. that you follow, like we're told to tell the truth. But as long as it doesn't upset anyone. That's right. That's <laughs> right. There's always a caveat. And like, and I don't know, there's this part of me that's just like, I want to flip the script on that and be like, why yeah. can't I just say the truth? Like, you yeah. know, and, um, you, you brought up a really good point about writing about things that you clearly haven't completely healed about. Um, in my book, I talk about an experience I had, I was on a healing journey. I was on this process of, you know, deeply diving into what had caused this for me and, and helping heal those wounds so that Mm -hmm. I'm not like that anymore, fixing my self-worth, releasing shame, all these things. And then I experienced, I, a sexual assault and in that whole process. And I write about that in my book and I have only talked about it very briefly, like with very, very close friends, like this is the most public I have ever gotten right this second. Um, Mm. and I'm not, I'm still kind of messed up. Like I, I'm not, I'm not healed from that. And I found like, you know, I had a first editor take a look at the book and do like a high level overview edit of it. And she's like, you know, if you're not ready to share, like she was just being compassionate. She was like, you're not ready to share about this. Like you don't have to. And I think there's power in heal in sharing the story from the unhealed place. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. because there are so many people who are unhealed from lots of different things and they want to not just be inspired about getting to that. Like I'm okay with it or I have acceptance yeah. or I've, you know, have gone to EDMR, like, you know, yeah. therapy or whatever, but they want to, they want to have someone who sees them in the mess part and, yeah. And so, you know, like I talk about, like, I haven't been to therapy for that. Like, I'm not ready to do that yet. Like, I don't have any excuses. I should, but I, I'm not ready. And like, I think that gives, that empowers other people to be okay with where they are in the process instead of thinking that they have to do something because it's what everyone else is doing and they have to do it in a certain order and a certain time frame. It's like everybody's journey to unpacking really serious traumas is on their own timeline. Like it yeah. doesn't need to be anybody else's. I look at I look at people I know who I'm close to who will never unpack that. Yeah. And it's so sad to me because I know the own, my own journey I've been on and that I'm still on. I will never proclaim that I am like totally over all my shit. I'm not. I don't like, think we ever not. are. Right. I, right. I think we're always because it's I don't know. There's so many aspects to everything. Like yeah. I, I think it's that you're always trying to 
learn how to live with it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, so it's either you make that decision that I'm going to be the person who's going to grow, acknowledge what I need to work on or where the pain is sticky and work within that. Or I'm going to be the person who just continues to bury it and show up as this half version of yourself. Yeah. And I think a lot of people do that. And, you know, for me, the creative process peels those layers off as much as I would love to be like, nope, I'm all good in the world. Like everything's (laughs) fine. No, it like forces me to get really like, like I, I'm not ultra, I am emotional. I am not a big crier publicly, but, but I'm super emotional. Like I feel deeply. Yeah. But when I write, I cry all the time. Like I sit there and I'm like, "Ah," and I'm like, I don't even know what I'm crying over. I'm like, this just like, it's your release. That's your release process. Mm -hmm. Like, and that's, that's a beautiful thing. Like that you have something, a creative outlet that allows you to process that way. Yeah. I poured my heart, my soul, and even tears into writing a book that is a love letter to every woman I know. She who wins the book is for every woman who is told to smile, to quiet down, and to shrink themselves into their smallest version. It's for every woman who's trying to figure out what's next. It's for every woman who thinks this is as good as it gets. She who wins is for the good girl within who is ready to become the fierce female fighting to get out. She Who Wins is now available for pre-order. Visit shewhowinsbook.com for exclusive free bonuses when you order now. You've always been an artist. Like I look at you and I think of you as a creative and an artist, right? That is so beautiful to hear. Thank you. I do. Yeah. Well, and same to you. And I think, I don't know how you feel about this. So like I, 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 was writing whenever I was in elementary school. Like mm-hmm. I would write all Me these too. like really creative stories and all this yeah. stuff. And I always wanted to be an author. I always wanted to be a writer. And then somehow along the way, like yes. I got stuck in this idea of like, I need to make money and I need to be successful. And I need to like, you know, check all these boxes and all that like kind of went to the wayside. I feel like actually a lot of my creativity went to the wayside because it was like, 100%. you know, like produce, 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 mm-hmm. produce. and everything was about making money or like, if it's not making money, then it's not valuable. And like, so if you can't, like I, I was, um, I was really into photography, like when I graduated from college and my parents bought me this amazing camera as a gift. And I was like, I'm going to be in a gallery someday. And I was like taking pictures all the time and everything. And I got some criticism from actually people really close to me. Of course. And um, they were like, ah, you're not very good. And like, you know, like you don't know all the technicalities of the camera and blah, 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 blah. And I totally internalized that. And I put down my camera and I was (sighs) like, and, but the other part of it was, is that if I wasn't going to be able to make money doing it, then there was no point in doing it at all. And I think that is such a crock shit. Like it's such a lie. Like we're meant to enjoy our creativity. And I think everybody's Mm -hmm. creative in some sort of capacity. Um, But I think a lot of us turn away from it because we're told this lie that like, you know, well, if you're not going to make a side hustle or like, you know, make a living off of it, then it's like pointless to pursue. Yeah. I mean, I share in, and I know that you, like you saw this, but I had shared in a post, I shared in the book is that I had an honors English teacher. Yeah. Oh, tell me, I mean, talk about like trying to like dim the, the creativity and yeah. the passion that a teenager has, but who 
you know, the short story of it is, is he questioned whether I belonged in that class. And then when I gave him what he was actually looking for in a paper, told me he thought I plagiarized it, which is like, I mean, as a writer, like that's the the, the worst, mo- the worst, like that's yeah. the worst thing. And yeah. I was like, no, I just conformed my, my writing to your boring ass style. Yeah. And I almost, you know, at that point I was like, I just, maybe I'm not cut out for this. And this was just like some little hobby. And I, I'm like you, I stopped writing for a really long time. I started again when I got divorced the first time. And at that point, all I could write though, was a manual about running a law firm. Like I could not. Yeah. It still had to be like in this, like, yep, in a lane. I could not, yeah. I could not like yeah. pour. And I think my last chapter in that book, like really pushed it. I, I did this this chapter on like being a female attorney and like, really, you know, if you were a guy reading this, you're like, what the hell is this? This doesn't fit in there. And I think it was like my way of like, wait a second. I have something more to say. I do have a voice. Yeah. I have something more to say. So yeah. yeah. I mean, I think, I think you're right. Like the creativity gets snuffed out of us because it's not a traditional job where you're earning a paycheck. And like, people will say to me, what do you want to do? And I I just, I keep hearing that. Like, what's your, what's your vision of what you want? Like where I am right now. I'm like, I just want to write. And they're like, but I'm like, no, no, no. That's what I want to do. I'm like, I love speaking, but I want to write. And then maybe I go speak a little bit about what I just wrote, (laughs) but that's what it comes back to. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and like, and I love that you've gotten honest and, and are sharing that like with other people, like, no, this is my passion. This is, this is what I want to do. Like, and it's, isn't it interesting how like sometimes other people can be so confused by yeah what lights us up? I think, I think, I, I think about that all the time. And I, I hate when I get their voices in my head mm-hmm. about the choices that I'm making or about my yeah. dreams. It's like, well, why do you have an, you don't get to have an opinion about like yeah. what my dream is, you know what I yeah. mean? Like, Yeah. And I mean, I've even had some people who are really close to me and love me and want the best for me make a comment about like the next the next book that I'm starting to put together. And like it was some comment that that was like, well, are you going to make any money with it? And I'm like, wow. Yeah. I'm like that like that. That hurts. And like you're missing the whole point. Missing the point. Yeah. You know, but the stuff that you're writing you know, and, and like the, the book that I wrote and like, I hope to write more books, but the things that you and I are, are called to talk about are deep things. Yeah. Um, they aren't just to make money. Do, do you know what I mean? If you wanted to just make money, then you wouldn't be pouring your soul out and you wouldn't be sharing like the deepest parts of yourself you're doing that for a bigger purpose. Like there, there's a bigger purpose there than earning a paycheck. Like, and I don't know, I, I find it like, I find it sad actually that people, they're so closed off from their own dreams and from their own why and from their own creativity, from their own gifts Yeah, that I think they try to protect us or like, and everything has to go through this tunnel of, if it's not about money, then it's not worth doing at all. Yeah. Oh my God. Think about that. That's so sad. If it's not about money, it's not worth doing at all. Like that's really, that's kind of like the motto that we are instilled in us when we grow up and you go to college to get the degree, to make the money, to be financially independent, to have the nice house and the nice things. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I did all that just like you. Yeah. And then like, was like all of a sudden in a life that I freaking was miserable in. 
And, you know, like <laughs> my, my oldest son remembers our old house. My younger two do not. And, mm-hmm. but he will say it was a very nice house, it was a very nice house. And he'll say, man, I really miss our house. And I miss that house. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I really don't like, it might've been really like big and like nice and like comfortable quote, quote, but the tension inside of it made it a living hell. And like, I will never go back to that. I would rather live in a one bedroom like place Mm -hmm. where everybody's happy than, than that. And yeah, so yeah, but we are, we're sold this idea that you have to do all these things. And then if you do them all, then you end up like happy, which is just not true. What's so funny about what you just said is that Anyone listening, you know, anyone on the, not who's listening, because anyone who's listening is going to totally get this, but anyone who doesn't listen, who should be, is going to be like, what do you mean you would downsize? Why wouldn't you want the big fancy house? Like, why is that not the ideal? And I feel like, I feel the same way. My, my son goes off to college in a year and a half. I'm planning my exit from my law firm so that I can pick up, go somewhere else, and you can write from anywhere, write from anywhere. And when I think of where I want to live, I don't think of big, massive house. I think of let's shrink it down. I want comfortable. I want like, I want it to feel good, like good energy. It's not the vision of like this huge square footage. I'm like, it's the complete opposite of that actually. Yeah. So I'm like, it, and so, and people don't get that. They're like, well, well, what do you mean? Like the whole goal is to get the more bigger and better. You bigger are. And yeah. Better. Yeah. 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 I completely agree. Like I remember actually whenever, like the first time I was having people over to my new house, which I bought, it is a much smaller house, but I bought a house, you know, on my own and then Mm -hmm. renovated it. And so like, it's super cute and like has all my touches all over it. It's amazing. And I love it. And, but I remember the first time I was having friends over and, um, I was, I felt like really nervous because they knew my old life and they knew my old house. And instead of this kitchen that was like, you know, the size of like my living room and my kitchen and my dining room, like that was the size of the kitchen before. And now, you know, it's like a whole different, it's a whole different Mm -hmm. vibe. And, um, these friends came over and they were like, Oh my gosh, I love this. I love that. I'm like, Oh, I, I did that. Like I, and they're like, you did this. They're like, we love this. And this, this house is so much more you. And I was like, Oh, you don't care about that. And it had made me have to like, look within myself at the ways I've limited myself with those beliefs too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Isn't that, isn't that true? Like we, we expect people to react a certain way and really people don't care. No, they don't, they don't really, everybody's they worried about themselves. Like they have be, opinions that they're going to yeah. stay, but at the end of the day, they don't really care. Yeah. No, they don't really care. No, it's not their house. So they don't care. Oh my God. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so let me ask you, do you write every single day? I do write every day. Um, I don't, I need to do it more. Like I yeah. have been doing a journal practice for several, several, several years and it's evolved over time. Um, you know, it has a gratitude piece. It has a, like I, every day I write down something I'm proud of, mm. um, so, that I've done in the last 24 hours. So not like some big accomplishment that happened years ago. It's like, no, what in the past 24 hours am I proud of? And it could be as small as like the way I handled a specific conversation with my kids or something, you know? Um, And then I write down something I love about my body Mm -hmm. and I try to make it specific. At the beginning of that practice, I could not. It was like that it allowed me to have kids. 
like that I can, yeah. go for, you know, it allows me to go for a walk, you know, and now I'm like, I love my legs. Like I have cute toes, like, you know, like all sorts of things. And then, um, I write down, how am I going to live today? Um, so like if today was my last day, like, what is it that I'm doing that actually is living, not just a to-do list. And then I write a love note to myself every morning, um, that kind of just sees me for whatever I'm dealing with internally. Um, and then sometimes I start writing after that. So if I have time, I like to then just like free write. Um, yesterday I did a good thing that I'm like, oh, this will go into a book someday. Like, isn't, yeah. isn't that like it, when you do that, because I do it, I don't do it every day, but I do something similar. Well, I'll, I'll write like how I want to feel today, how I want to show Ooh, up today. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, what energy do I want to bring to the day? Sometimes it's like totally chill and like yeah. dirty hair energy, or sometimes it's like, no, I want to be engaged and connected or creative or yeah. physical yeah. or whatever it is. Um, but it's really hard to slip into a bad mood when you start your day that way. Like it I totally agree. That's you up for a really good day. I yeah, think. I completely agree. Did you, when you wrote your book, how did like, I know you wrote it really quickly as well. Yeah. And like four so months. Did you, did you have like a, how did, how did you go about getting I, You it know, it's a big old blur. I don't even, I was like thinking, I'm like, when did, like, I, I went away to an Airbnb for the I last, I love that you did that. The last, like four, like right before it was about to get turned in, it was four days. It was, that was it five, four or five days, not a huge amount of time. And I really like pulled it all together, but I certainly didn't write the whole book in that time. Yeah. And I'm trying to think back, I'm like, when the hell did I write this thing? I think, yeah. I think I did it in chunks and I just started to like put stories together and then went back and filled it in. So I kind of do like marathon sessions when I write. Yeah. Too. It's like I can bang out a good five or six hours and then I won't look at it for a few days. Yeah. Um, but with this book, I think that I was just so excited to have a book deal and, and yeah. have a deadline that it was like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to just, I'm going to do this thing. Yeah. So it's kind of a blur. Um, I love taking myself away though. Like I've done that. I, I have a fiction book that never got published. Um, we got so many rejections, but it was a mystery book and oh, I, I really, yeah. Who knew a historical, uh, fiction. So, um, maybe one day it will see the light of day, Yeah, but I wrote, my husband and I went to Tahiti and we were there for 10 days and I pretty much wrote half of the book and finished it in the, on that vacation because it was in a new place. We yeah. had this routine where he was like drinking a beer, taking a nap. And I was just sitting there cranking it out. Yeah. I had so much creative flow. Yeah. Um, so that's like, I love being in a different space to write. Like I can't, yeah. where I'm sitting right now, I cannot write a word. It yes. never works. It yeah. never works well. Like if I try to, so I always have to be somewhere where else to do it. Yeah. Yeah. I actually, last year on my birthday, I turned 40 last summer. And so Happy birthday. we, thank you. It's, yep. Uh, you just had a birthday too. I did. Um, a few years older. <laughs> only a few. Mm. Um, but we rented this, I rented this uh, like cabin in the mountains um, for my birthday for me and like some really close friends. I love that. But the first night I was there by myself and I was there and I was like, you know what? I was like, like you have to speak things into existence. Yeah. Right. And, but I was like, you know what? Someday this is what I'm going to do. Like I'm going to be, I'm going to go rent an Airbnb somewhere that I really want to check out somewhere new. And that is where I'm going to be writing. And that's where I'm going to yeah. be working. And then, you know, like, cause it's hard, it's hard to work from home. It's hard to work yeah. in your office. It's hard to do all mm -hmm. that. Like I, I wrote my book mainly actually in my office, in my house. Yeah. But there were times that it was like, 
I had to like put my head down and make myself yeah. keep writing because yeah. I knew all the things like every, there's so many distractions around. You're just like, Oh yeah, I was going to do that thing. Oh yeah. I was, I need to put the dishes in the dishwasher. Oh yeah. I need to, there's all this stuff that needs done all yeah. the time. And so it's really hard to like focus and be creative, like to let your yeah. like mind like open up so that you can actually pour it all out. I love that. Like when I go away, I have this routine where it's like, all right, I'm going to get up. I'm going to have coffee. And then I always have to plant myself in a walkable place so that there's like a little downtown and in Connecticut, there's this adorable town and I will go back there every time. And it's on this little Airbnb was on this little babbling brook and I would walk downtown, have lunch. I, then I would shop all little shops. It was so tiny. There was like a handful and go and chat with the shopkeepers, then go back and have my afternoon session and then take myself out. This town is such a foodie destination. There's probably four of the best restaurants in, in oh, all of wow. right there. So every night I would make a reservation at an exquisite I restaurant. This. I would totally treat myself to like yeah. a divine dinner. And then yeah. I'd go back and write more. So it was yeah. like, I had these blocks of like time. I love and, this. This oh. is so, such a like beautiful, like a writer's way of doing I, this. Like, right. I love, yeah. I love <laughs> it. I absolutely love it. That's why I want to, that's why I want to write the next book is just to go, go back to my little foodie haven in a little local village. Yeah. Hopefully, I don't know if you can hear that. But yeah. like, oh no. I can't, no, no, no. What is it? Well, I'll tell the audience then what it yeah. is. My, so I have a new puppy and he is upstairs. Oh, squeaking. I, yes. I bought him this little lamb. It's like, a, it looks like a stuffed animal, but it's this little lamb and he is obsessed with it. This is his second one. And so anyway, so anybody listening, there's not That's some so weird squeaky noise, like on our chair or something. It's he's so cute. Just my doggy. <laughs> yeah. So he's, he's super cute. So, all right. So let's pretend you get the book deal tomorrow. Are you ready to release it? Like, are you ready to let it unleash it into the world? I am. And I haven't told you this. What made me okay with it was going to your summit. Oh, I'm going to start crying. Um, I'm going to start crying too. Yeah. So I did a workshop with, um, oh my gosh, I'm going to forget her name. Katie. No, I don't know. Krista. The speaker. The grief workshop. No, no. It was the the woman who helped you like tell your story. Oh, uh, okay. Um, And she did a workshop on like being able to tell your story Mm -hmm. and to like, and anyway, share your voice. Yeah. And it was, so I'm sitting in this room, like for, for people who didn't go to Renee summit. So I'm sitting in this room. There's not very many people in there. There are maybe like, I don't know, maybe 20. And, um, she very quickly walked us through this like little workshop of like how to succinctly tell your story, like a very powerful story and like how to kind of make it longer, shorter, blah, blah, blah. Anyway. then she gave us a few minutes to work on our story. And I was like, I'm going to tell my story. And I, she was like, okay, does anybody want to share? And like, I raised my hand. I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, and <laughs> your hand's going up. And you're like, like, oh, like, no. What? like, no, like we were going to pull that back down. Thank you. Um, and so anyway, and then like these two other people got up and told these like really like energetic, like fun like stories. And I'm like, Oh, cool. I'm just going to walk up there and talk about, you know, how like domestic violence and infidelity, like, woo, like what a downer, like, you know, and I'm like, Oh my God. So like I get up in front of the room and like share my story. I was like 
crying. I was shaking. Like I would, it was, it was hot mess, freaking central mm-hmm. moment. And that's my version of it. Like other people I'm sure didn't see it that way, yeah. but I got done and I actually had several people come up to me afterward and they weren't judgmental and they weren't mean. And, mm-hmm. and I was like, okay, like it's okay. And then the rest of the day, it was crazy. So the night before you had a cocktail party mm-hmm. and a couple of people had asked me, like I was there to pitch my book to your editor or that was part of the trip anyway. And a couple of people had asked me like, oh, what's your book about? And I was a complete wimp. I was like, oh, you know, blah, 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 blah. like, you know, just like would not actually say what it was about. And Cynthia, my editor, she was at the event as well. And she's sitting next to me like, what the fuck? Are you doing? Like, what? Like, why are you all, yeah, like, what are you talking, that's not what your book's about, like, what are you talking about right now, <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know, I can't talk about, so then I do this workshop the very next day, the very next morning, and then at lunch, which was right after the workshop, I sit down to this woman who I'd never met before, and she's like, oh, she goes, um, so you're an author also, like, what's your book about, and then I just went all in, and it, I, the more I did it, the more I was like empowered to keep doing it. And then I got home and I started sharing things very vulnerably on social media about this subject. And I'm sure some of my followers are like, Whoa, where did this come from? But mm-hmm. it hasn't been that way. It, 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 everybody has been either accepting or quiet. And, you know, like the way I talk about it, I'm never going to advocate for yeah. somebody cheating. And I wish that people who had been cheated on knew that it wasn't their fault. Like it wasn't anything that they did. And so I think because that's my approach, like people are a little bit more like, oh, like you're not, I'm not like, you know, standing on a pillar saying like, this was a good thing that I did. Like, look at me. Instead, I'm saying, hey, this is the worst thing I ever did. Here's why I did it. And here's how I healed from it. And here's how you can too. I, you know, and, and is it the worst thing that you ever did? Like, I think that it's part of our human journey to make mistakes Right. And, you know, I think that there isn't one person in the world who out there who can look at someone and judge and say, well, why did you do that? Because until you're walking in someone's shoes, you're living in that house or in that marriage and that relationship, like we don't have a right to, to insert our own opinions or judgment on that. Because, you know, I think a lot of people are afraid of sharing their stories because of that judgment. And everyone has a story. Everybody Everyone. does. Everybody has a story. I agree. Yep. No matter what it is, no matter how it comes out or what version of it, it is a story. And so many people keep it to themselves because yeah. of the shame. And, yeah. you know, that's the yeah. sad part for me. That's the heartbreak is like, because your story is going to help so many people. And there's going to yeah. be so many people who can listen and maybe understand a little bit. Yeah. And, you know, whichever side that they're on it, or yeah. it just as a human experience, right. Like, just understanding yeah. a human experience. Well, and yeah. I think too, because it's a subject that people won't talk about, like they don't understand the inner workings, like, you know, what's going on in, in somebody's mind. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they have a lot of assumptions about what's going on because they're outside of it and they don't know because nobody will talk about it. Yeah. And so I think even just like opening it up for discussion, like helps like dispel some of like the mystery and like the, I don't know, like false beliefs around it and, and really helps people go understand it as a human to human um, thing instead of like judging because they just don't know. 
And that's, you know, to bring it all back, that's what books and words are all about is yeah. to bring an understanding to a topic that maybe yeah. you don't haven't thought of or looking at things in a different way or looking at a perspective of someone's life, you know, yeah. and trying to understand. I mean, that's the, yeah, that's the whole point. So it is. And I think too, there's, you know, books are so powerful in that way because mm-hmm. especially I think, well, I guess when you're listening to them also, but I really think there's power in reading the words. Yeah. And yeah. because when you're reading the words, it's just your inner voice reading it. And yeah. then it's you in your mind and in your own experience processing it. And it's, it's a very personal, private place. Yeah. And I think that that is the power of people sharing their stories in books. Mm. Mm. Oh, so good. I love you. I love, I love you. you. I- Every conversation we have is so good. I know. Um, I wish we lived closer. I know. Well, you know what, though? You do know Colorado is my son's top I, choice. I, so. I can't wait. I'm like, I'm going to be like, okay, so when are you coming out to visit? Uh-huh. And I'm yep. getting on And I will calendar. be out there a lot. I already told them. I'm like, I'm coming out a lot. Like, yeah. You know, we can even just like, like go for a walk or something. Like there's so many cool trails to go on. And, yeah. And yeah. he's probably like, well, maybe I don't want my mom there. But I'm like, I don't have to visit you every time. Like right. I love Colorado. I yeah, love it. It's so, beautiful. I love it. Um, yeah. So yeah. I'm, we're going to be hanging out more because I know I, that that's, you know, that's happening. So yeah. um, you're amazing. I'm you so grateful too. for you to to show up. I love this conversation. I love just chatting with you. It always yeah. is so beautiful. So yeah. thank uh, you for writing how, your book. Oh, thank you. How can, how can people connect with you? I can't let that people go can't. Yeah. So people can find me. The place I hang out the most is Instagram. It's the easiest place to uh, get in touch with me. And my handle is yeah. at sassy underscore freckles. And, you know, I keep thinking I should change it to like my name and like be like, I just can't, I just can't let it go. Like, it's just who I am and it's fun. Love, and I'm fun. Freckles. So, fun. so yeah. So come find me at sassy underscore freckles. And, um, if any of the things that, you know, I talked about, like even like piqued your interest or anything, you can always send me a DM. I keep everything confidential because that's the way you can actually open up. And, um, I also offer free discovery calls too. I do some coaching for those who are trying to heal from the same things. So I do a free discovery call. If you just want to talk to me and learn more or feel less alone, whatever you can find me. And stay tuned for her book because it's yes. coming. Yeah. It's just a matter coming. of the right. It's just going to be the it's right coming. time and place. Yep. It's coming. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I agree. Thank, Thank you. you. That's a wrap. Please subscribe to the She Who Wins podcast so you'll be the first to know about every new episode that drops. Until next time. And remember, she who moves forward fiercely is she who wins.